filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Watch out for the filibuster. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, a very happy mid-season review time for you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you soon will. Southern Charm, season four, is trucking along on the Bravo TV network, and that means the filibuster freestyle is overdue to get back in. We had the preview show, we had episodes one and two, and then we've let it marinate for a bit. So much so that... Pundit Sydney Harrington can't even be here tonight because she's busy. My schedule stinks, but I'm ready to do this. And keeping her up late in Philadelphia, the great pundit, Dara Richie O'Brien. How are you, Dara? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Usually when I see you, I haven't seen you in the flesh in a while, but I saw you and your lovely family and pundit Dan O'Brien not 48 hours ago. And I know. Beautiful I Massachusetts know. for the... Uh, uh, happy first community, not first community, yeah, to my goddaughter, Maggie. <laughs> And uh, you guys made the trek from Philadelphia. It was great to see you. Let me ask you this before we get into the Southern Charm piece. Um, do you feel that I overate in an eight-hour period when I had the following? Three <laughs> cheeseburgers, at least two pieces of pizza I'm willing to admit about, um, two pieces of chicken, more ribs than I can count, and then after some people who ordered Chipotle at the after party left one taco... I may or may not have split it with your husband, Dan. Did I overeat? Oh, my God. I, like, when you said tacos, I'm just now remembering that there were tacos there. Yeah, because so. cause one of the families <laughs> didn't get the memo that we were doing a pizza run, and they got some Chipotle. They overordered, and I overindulged. I had, I had one of their tacos. Yes, I had to be reminded the next morning that I had a, a late-night slice right before I Irish goodbye to everybody. So. Oh, did you Irish goodbye people? See, I actually, well, anyway, the good news is <laughs> we're all feeling great to begin the week and we're all under time constraints. But yesterday, I was in Charleston. You were. And I have a, <laughs> On your Insta, actually. And, and so for those of you who don't think this show actually goes and digs deep, I beg to differ. I was on location in Charleston. And before we get into it, Unofficial sponsor of the week, where I ate lunch yesterday, Little Jack's. I had a tavern burger, as if I didn't have enough red meat over the weekend. It was fantastic. Go there. But the gentleman I met there, he recently bought a home. And he was showing me the home. And the home happened to have the old owner in it. And the old owner was with this gentleman's wife and three other ladies. One of the ladies was Landon. What? Yeah, dog, what? And so I think that's why Cindy Harrington is protesting the show this week, because we know she's got a burgeoning <laughs> rivalry with Landon. But uh, the, guy, the guy didn't even know it was Landon. He was literally just showing me a picture of his wife in their new house with the old owner. And he's like, how do you know that? And then, of course, the football coach at my job was like, yeah, man, how do you know that? And I said, uh, maybe you heard a little thing on the Philbuster Freestyle. So anyway, <laughs> and apparently they hadn't. But... You know who I want to hear about the freestyle, Dara, is the Whispering Aliens. I'm a new card-carrying member of the Whispering <laughs> Aliens. I want to give them a big shout-out. Uh, they do great work. We love what they do. Hopefully some of the folks who listen and participate in that will listen to the freestyle when we do our Southern Charm updates, right? Yes, the new, newly back-together Whispering Aliens. Oh, was there some drama there or just like a defunct thing? There was an old Facebook group that Cindy got me into. No, oh. someone else got me into, but that Cindy and I initially bonded over. Yes. And they then went defunct because there was a lot of drama in the Facebook group. Okay, now so now they've closed the group and it's rejiggered and it's, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Well, you can find it on Facebook, just like you can find the Filibuster Freestyle, but you can also find us at filibusterfreestyle.com. Okay, episode three, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I want you to give a hot take or two. I'm going to ask a question per two per episode to try to be quick, but in some cases we may go along in certain episodes because some of it's been pretty good so far. So any hot take you want to share from episode three of Southern Charm season four? So um, it's been a few weeks, but in re-reviewing my notes, <laughs> yeah. I, I had to remind myself, so this was the episode that Catherine went on her modeling, modeling. Yes, gig. yes. Casting call, what have you, interview. Um, that was, that was tough to watch. That was tough. Yeah, um, that's a, I mean, that's a little slice of, you used to be a, suppose a Senate femme fatale or a redneck femme fatale, and now you're just a mom model. Yeah. And again, I've never been a model, so tip of the cap, but that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. It, that was really hard to watch. Um, it, I think that was like the ultimate punch in the gut was like, well, you just can't take a picture. Like, it's just, you're, and you're old. Like, and meanwhile, she's 23 or 24, but like, she's old for modeling. So that's, that's the part tough. that I thought cut. <laughs> I think that, 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 that hurts. Um, so the other, it was a lot of setting up of storylines, I felt, right? So it was like kind of laying the groundwork for the Craig Naomi yes. line that we yes. have this season, which I thought was kind of put on initially, but now I'm not Seems so real, because sure. one, yeah, one, <laughs> my question was going to be, this is from episode three, of course, is Craig playing up being super unsupportive of Naomi, or is he just that selfish slash clueless? And I think the subsequent weeks have said that maybe he actually is some combination of that clueless slash selfish because he's super unsupportive, he's super sensitive about it, and he definitely can't take any type of uh, accountability for the fact yeah. that for the fact that even if it's the way that he used to do stuff, which is Mister Last Minute, Mister Whatever, if it bothers Naomi, it's a problem. Yeah, like she is a treasure. I mean. Yeah. You- also, we find out in this episode that her parents are French, which also adds to her, her mystique. Yes, yes, she is just, I mean, I just love her. She also, her. she confirmed, Dara, that when people were talking in front of other people in a different language, there's a 99% chance they're talking crap on you. Because she literally yeah. said, when we want to talk smack about people, we do it in French. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank, um, thank you, Naomi. Yes, thanks, Naomi, for proving that point. I am never going to pedicure again and, and not feel uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, she um, she's just, like, the best. I mean, and the season, it, the, this kind of carries to the whole season, but I felt that that was kind of like a put-on storyline, and now I'm not so sure. And also, I'm a little worried because right now she's in Capri with some friends. And Ooh, I've been to Capri. I was in high school, but I was there. And I'll tell you what, if she could find a replacement for hashtag new Greg, she <laughs> will do it in the Capri. <laughs> and she, like, I'm, I've been tracking, I'm really weird with, like, who likes certain people's pics. So yes. now on Instagram... You can see who likes other people's pictures if you're friends with them. Yeah. And he hasn't liked any of her pictures. I think they're setting this up for some fun drama here. And I don't know how the fresh people are going to deal with it. Um, HelloFresh. HelloFresh. Yeah, right. 
All right, well, let me ask you one random question. You know the scene where Austin and Shep and T-Rav are out with some guy with a mullet? Do we know who that dork is? <laughs> oh, my God. I wrote down. Um, what was his name? Walker. With yeah. His mullet. Oh, apparently um, he's in a band and Shep is friends with him. I'm sure, like, semi-ironically or not. but Okay. Um, yeah, and I also think it's so funny, too, if you've noticed, it started on this episode, but you can see it kind of weave through the rest of the episode, that T-Rab and Whitney don't want to film with Austin, just like they used to not want to film with Craig, because they totally think he's, like, beneath them. Yes. Now, they feel that way about Austin, to, like, the yeah. nth degree. I mean, the good news for Austin is that it basically gets him as much alone time as possible with Chelsea. Like on the quail hunt, which we'll get into from episode seven. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and, and, you know, let's segue actually maybe into episode four, which one of my notes is Austin has Chelsea in his phone as dream girl. Yeah. Dork ahoy. Dork ahoy. Um, <laughs> I just, I got some more on him later, but that, that was my reaction three weeks ago. Dork ahoy. Come on, dude. Well, so it's very interesting thinking about Chelsea and... And Austin. Austin. Yeah. Austin with an E-N. Um, Austin and <laughs> Yeah. He is... <clears throat> I think they're like a lot... So they're the two new characters on this season. Yeah. I think they're kind of a lot... They're similar in a lot of ways because they don't come from... A ton of money. Frankly, yeah, a ton of money, blue blood, backgrounds, whatever. Um, but they're also sort of different in a lot of ways, you know... Chelsea, as we come to find out, kind of likes like a real good old Southern boy type of character. Um, so I don't know. It's just interesting to see them together, and they're they're kind of I think attracted to each other because they they both seem to be nice people and have a decent amount in common. But also they're the new people on the show, so I think that it just kind of is a natural fit. Yeah, I just feel like he's too into her, and I'm I'm, I'm predicting heartbreak, and I, that's what that's I don't know that I'm just predicting that. Um, or or maybe he's Darth Vadering me right now and rope doping me, and it was a, a false sense of security. Okay, uh, I just want to bring up the fact that Whitney does not seem to enjoy holding babies. And do you remember when your husband, who now is the father of two, would also refuse to hold babies that weren't his? Yes, yes, I do. So I feel like Whitney. <laughs> Care to hold babies, really, that aren't his. So yeah, so be- basically he'll hold your two kids and that's it. Yeah, he said numerous times he likes our children, but not necessarily all children. I Most remember one, children. <laughs> one time when I was uh, a kid, a, a friend's dad yelled at some kids who ran in front of the car and goes, I hate kids, except mine <laughs> and my kids' friends. But he didn't mean that last part. But he saved the moment for like seven-year-old me. Um, <laughs> shout out to my man Louie. My mom could pass it on. Um, all right. There's like a keg party going on. I forget where, but of course Craig knows how to tap the keg. Of course he does. Yes. He definitely majored in partying. Um, I got Landon's fake laugh is obviously weak. All right. What do we make of T-Rav being way too fixated on the polo match? Not enough fixated on his children as a parent. And then, of course, what do we make of Craig making a huge deal of it? I just felt like Craig... You are so basic. Like I can't. I just. I. I just have no time for Craig this whole season so far. Yep. And it really comes to a head 
at episode seven or whatever the last episode was. I, I just have no time for him. I, I understand the sentiment. Um, he's not wrong. He's right. Yeah, but he's but, still, he's, he's people in glass houses, right? I mean. Yeah, he's totally right. But I'm just like, stop trying to insert yourself into a storyline. It's <laughs> embarrassing. And then <laughs> the rest of the, but then also on the other side of it, the rest of the people being like, He's an exemplary father. He's Correct. an amazing father. And you're like, all right, guys. All right. Back up. Just let's back up. That's the biggest problem with Craig is there are things like, to your point, most boring storylines story contrived. Yeah. And honestly, when his storylines are quasi-interesting, it's because he's in the wrong. However, the times I tend to agree with him are the times when he's ubiquitously right in the world. Like, yeah. how can all those people give T-Rab a pass? For being a crappy dad, just because he's a less crappy dad than he was last season. Correct. He's still Correct. a crappy dad, T Rav. Right. And T Rav, you know he knows he's a crappy dad because he went off on Craig that night on Twitter after the show aired. He yes. totally went after him. Yes. <coughs> yeah, he's, um, he's a. He's a uh, uh, to your point, he's a better dad than he was prior. And maybe he's a better dad than Catherine is a mom. I, you know, I, who, who can really say? I don't know what the ins and outs of I that mean, are. I mean, honestly, that is like the all-stars of not good <laughs> Again, parents. Yeah. It's a, you know, that's making chicken salad out of chicken something else parenting right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are we comparing things to? I mean, it's all just yeah. very low bar. Low bar. Absolutely. Well, let me, let me ask this. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So somehow Craig is aligned with both Landon and Catherine at the same time. It seems like he's making time to film with Catherine, probably because he's got to get some, some storylines that don't involve Gizmo the cat, getting yelled at by his girlfriend, and sewing, which we'll get into potentially. Yeah. But, yeah. but he also seems to have sided with Landon on the one thing that they can agree on, which is Chef Buster chops pretty hard. Right. Rightfully so, by the way. They wanted they they come together based on their disdain for Shep's opinions of themselves. I think yes. so. Yes. Um, and that's I guess as good a reason as any. Lots of people are friends because they dislike someone else. But I, I mean, the scene of them at that bar or wherever they were for Rome. And Landon says, I just don't know if this is Rome-worthy, if every place is Rome-worthy. And you're like, Landon, I can't with you. Yeah, Landon, I think it's called TripAdvisor and Yelp, <laughs> and they've already done it. And your Yacht Me creation is going to fall on your face. And I'm not your friend like Shep, and Cindy's not here to yell at you. So, yeah, it's not Rome-worthy, and neither are you. <laughs> yeah, and now it's now called Travare. Did you know that? It's not even Rome. Well, Tra- Rome is a dumb name, but Travare, you know what Travare sounds like? It sounds like um, every other ubiquitously vague commercial for like booking.com type stuff, like Travago. Right, right. Unofficial right. sponsors of the week that I never use. <laughs> um, but anyway, good for her. What is it called again? Trave? Trave? Travare. I think it means like to seek in Italian or some, something, uh, you know. Um, Pretentious. Of course. Of yeah. course. Um, <laughs> any hot takes from episode four? Well, first of all, okay. Maybe hot takes on... How about Shep going to get his haircut to figure out if... Um, oh, my God. What's her name? 
Chelsea. Chelsea is seeing Austin. And then, I don't know. What do we make of all of that? Chep, uh, Chep, I just called him Chep. Shep should be a producer. I, is he a producer on the show? We should look into that. If not, he is like an un, um, what's that called? An uncredited producer because yeah. he is just creating. He knows like how to create little vignettes, right, to keep the storyline going. So he's like, I'm gonna go get a haircut by Chelsea, and I'm gonna. This is gonna be fun, and I'm gonna play with her, play with her a little bit. I'm gonna kind of tease her about Austin and blah blah. He doesn't give a crap about Chelsea. Um, You're convinced of that. I mean, maybe at the beginning he was like, she's cool, she's interesting, as much as he thinks anyone is cool or interesting. Do you, so do you he, think he's really just angry that Austin has is, is kind of <laughs> made the move? Um, I think that he's, yeah, I mean, I definitely think he has like a bit of an ego, so I'm sure he's a little bit pissed about it, but I think he's probably playing it up. I don't think he really cares. Right. What do you think of the fact that on Shep's party cruise, Austin and Whitney seem to be basically be wearing the same same button down shirt. Did you notice that? <laughs> I didn't notice that. I think Whitney's <laughs> skin was crawling. Whitney was Whitney's horrified to be even in this breathing the same air as as Austin. So as um, do you remember the scene which I'm sure where Cindy wanted to break her television, where Landon was sitting with Whitney. And T-Rap. T-Rap. yes, your OC, our class. Is that what it was? Yeah, That's your OC, cool. our class. And she loved yeah. it with her crazy dolphin laugh and yeah. the crazy eyes to go with it. Uh, um, I actually, my favorite part about that scene, I think, though, was that T Rav was talking about having a bridge named after him or something like that. And somebody, I think the Limehouse chick was like, Limehouse family has a bridge too. And Whitney says, The Limehouse bridge sucks. I love it. He's just like you're. Yeah, you have a bridge, and your bridge stinks. And I was, a, I was on the uh, Ravenel Bridge yesterday. It is majestic. I will say that. It is. It's a beaut. It's a beaut. Okay, I got episode five here. Really quickly though, I just have a hot take on Sweet Home Oklahoma, which is a show I've never watched. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen one commercial, and I'm on Team Unsubscribe. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've not watched it. Um, they're floating out a lot of stuff right now at Bravo. They're just trying to see things, what sticks, huh? Yeah, a lot of things that'll go by the wayside. And I've been down that road before where I get sucked in and then and the show never comes back. That's like the way of Long Island princesses right. and secrets and lies shows that I just, that nobody remembers. You would have thought uh, Long Island princesses would have had some legs. I guess not. I loved it. Um, anyway, <laughs> I won't be sucked into that, but. All right. Uh, well. I, yeah, I'm not interested. They look too. I don't know. I need to see, like, a little bit of something out of my reach. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you could easily be a Sweet Home Oklahoma lady if you wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, like, do they want to pull me and my friends so we could have our own show? But I like a little bit, like, of something. Yeah, a little flair. A little flair, right? Yeah, someone that has a bridge named after them. That's right. what I want. Speaking of flair, what do you make of, this is episode five now, this new kind of, you know, you actually were one of the people saying that you need something new from your girl, Cameron. Right. And so they hit us with, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a white witch. <laughs> and then well, she asks, she takes her mom to a voodoo doll maker, 
And how do you feel about this passion of Cameron's? I thought it was, well, initially I was like, all right, Cameron, you're trying to give us something. It's like, you want to give us, a, you need an, another storyline, whatever. This isn't it. But, but because she's Cameron, like, it ended up being hilarious, I think. I don't know. The, the beginning of it was like, okay, she's at this, she's at this um, guy's house and, you know, these witches are like so crazy now was it this episode or was it the next episode where she gives Shep the doll that was the next episode but in this episode she went and had it made Um, and let's just talk about it now because she brings it to the lunch (laughs) she Shep thinks that it's a prop from the restaurant it's not and apparently it's got a tallywhacker it's anatomically correct oh my god I died first of all (laughs) It was um, Pugin's Porch, which we tried to eat at when we were hungover in... I thought that place looked familiar. Charleston. And they were like, it'll be a... Nine-hour wait. (laughs) We were like, pass. Hard pass. Um, We're going anywhere else. (laughs) We went to a sports bar that was awesome, actually. It was. Um, But, so we tried to go there, and that doll made... I, I laughed out loud. Like, I was cracking up with the... Yes, with the anatomically correct body parts. I couldn't... I was just, just hilarious. I liked that the guy who makes a doll had to make it with a, do- a thing, a ding-a-ling. <laughs> and I liked that he was like, well, since I'm here, I might as well give the guy some credit. <laughs> who knew? But so you're okay with the storyline? I was a little weird yeah, I mean, it's, by it's it, but it's so weak, but as we've come to find out in the Southern, Ar- Southern Charm um, News Edition that uh, Cameron is pregnant. With a girl. So Hey-o. I guess we'll see some of that, like a real storyline coming out. Soon. That shows me that they're going to have to do a season five because they're going to get so many miles out of Cameron's baby. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be do crazy. you think we're going to see the husband? What's it, Jeff? What's his name? Jason. Jason. That's, that's what I thought. I thought, you know what? Maybe we will see him. Can Just I get a little Jason time? Here and there. Yeah. Just something. Yeah, sure. All right, well, now what do you think about this slow arc that kind of starts with Thomas and Whitney going out for a seafood tower in which basically T-Rav is talking about losing his mojo, which then kind of leads into this whole emerging romance potentially with Landon that Whitney and Patricia are trying to get going. Um, do we even believe T-Rav can lose his mojo? I mean, I, he's acting pretty well that he has if he has, but... Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What do you think of T-Rav's looks this season? He looks very different. I mean, he clearly looks the same. It's clearly him. But I don't know if it's just because he's wearing his hair dry and his confessionals instead of, like, moussed or gelled. But he just – and maybe he's parenting and not sleeping. And, I mean, the nanny's taking care of the kids in the guest house, so I can't see how that affects him the way it would affect regular people who are parents. But for him, maybe it's affecting his pampered life. He looks a little bit haggard this year. So that's what Dan thinks. Meanwhile, I think he looks good this season. Ooh. I want to know what Cindy thinks. He looks, to me, I think he looks trim. He looks and, trim. And, yeah. I feel but like he looks he older. Looks, he looks old. Well, that's what Dan said. His ears, his nose have doubled. I think because your ears and your nose keep growing and the rest of you doesn't. And so <laughs> I think he may have hit a critical mass part with, with nose, ears to face ratio, maybe. <laughs> And so my answer would be to grow your hair out, not keep it trim, because you want to mask that fact with a larger head of hair. 
Right, right. But I don't know. I thought he looked pretty good this season. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> I guess I'm in the wrong on that. Um, no, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll see what Cindy says. She'll listen. We'll see what she says. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, he's lost his mojo. Like, dude, you're 55 years old and you have two kids under the age of four. I don't know what mojo you're looking to have, but if it's you over, dude. It, it's over. Just lean into your old age. It's okay. Just lean into being a dad. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. There was definitely a line in one of the shows when someone was like, who's that old guy? <laughs> and Whitney and Shep were like, old guy? Like They were like, oh, boy. <laughs> With those tourist girls. Um, all right, let's talk about the return of the Catherine face. The Catherine face is when she makes the, that crazy stink face at a, at a completely innocuous comment. And she yes. acts like she's had her lunch stolen. Um, and she makes that incredulous face, but... So she has the lunch with Jennifer, and oh, it basically God. it's the return of Catherine being super crazy in an argument that's not even an argument. So Jennifer is basically trying to figure out what the hell went wrong on that reunion show, slash talk about her son who was born with a massive or severe, I should say, birth defect, which has been thankfully corrected. And Catherine, Catherine shows no empathy, has no time for it. Basically, she goes back to being bat crap nuts in 15 seconds. Uh, that lunch was horrifying. I was, like, hiding under a blanket because I felt like I couldn't even watch it. It was... Yeah, poor Jennifer. Poor Jennifer. Like, I don't care. First of all, her biggest offense is that she has since reconciled with Thomas, uh, who... You are now on the outs with, but you were on the you were on the ins with, and he was trying to get whatever. Yeah, there was drama between you. You, you kept moving it around, yeah. But at the end of the day, like this is this kind of thing really trumps everything else. And I love. Right. She was like, "Don't you want to know about my son?" And she was like, "Well, I was waiting for you to bring it up. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it." And you're like, "You're the devil. You're." A yeah. <laughs> God, it was so bad. It was such a bad look. And Dan was like, I think she knows that like her only play on this season is, is to, to be just a be huge the villain. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, because but I don't know that that's I don't know that that's her only play. I feel I like agree. I feel I like the play is different. played straight this year. And then if you really don't like what that's gotten you, then go back crap nuts in season five, like. But why are you walking into Jennifer? Uh, Jennifer is the most sympathetic person on the show this season. Just because of the fact that she had to go through what she went through in her family life. And for Catherine to be like, oh, we've been sitting down for five seconds. I don't care. I'm going to be a huge jerk about this. Mm-hmm. Not only is it like short-sighted, but I don't even know that it was that effective other than it was just kind of skin crawling. Yeah, I agree. And, and she's such... Catherine's just not a girl's girl. I would be no. shocked if she had... Like any real lady friends. Any real lady friends in her whole life. And that's such a pet peeve of mine. And I think it just tells so much about your character. And I think that... Because if you've noticed, then she filmed with Shep and she filmed with Craig. And she was like, how are you? How's everything? I'm back. I'm doing great. And you're like, you're going to come at Jennifer of all people? Like, come on. Yeah. she's she's just, she's just And just proves she's off a rocker, which is like... People are like, oh, are you on Team Landon or Team Catherine? I'm on Team Nobody right now. Yeah. You know, I'm on Team Gizmo uh, at best. Uh, yeah. 
Oh. I don't want to be friends with anybody. No, <laughs> not even not even for fake. Not even because I saw a picture of a girl who knows Landon in a picture that I saw yesterday in Charleston myself. I don't care. You know who I do want to be friends with? Michael the butler. Now, not only does he have a dirty martini, but he has a bourbon slushy. I was like, drop the mic. I need a recipe on that bourbon slushy. He's just so lovely. He's a lovely man. <laughs> the he, national treasure. He says to Chauncey's four pounds overweight, and I don't buy it. I think it's like eight. <laughs> Chauncey's a big dog uh, for his size. All right. I want to hit something on Landon. I feel like there's a burgeoning Landon Austin thing. Like, they're having a conversation in episode seven last night. Sure, at dinner, they're flirting a little, but she's talking to him about, like, Aspen and Vale, and she's being very condescending about Vale, and clearly she won the Aspen house in her divorce. Um, but I feel like her, she says something like, My last three relationships ended when we went away together. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually thought that was like the most astute thing that Landon maybe has ever said because it's like not a bad way to vet somebody <laughs> to just to be like, let's go on vacation. Let's go away and see how we do. We'll know sooner or later whether it's going to work. I'll tell you so. what, if you want to know if you can live with somebody, definitely spend a week with them out of a suggest. Good point. <laughs> yes. And when if that person that you bring refers to New York where he's never been and says, don't they have a big park there? It's over. It's over. Just, and we haven't yeah. seen Drew since. <laughs> We've not seen Drew yet since then. Um, all right. A couple things I want to hit on. I want your takes on one. Why is Craig trying to become a home buyer? He doesn't even have a job. And then number two, what do we make of Shep's weak sabbatical from drinking? <laughs> so I, just, I liked Shep's... Um, I'm a chef apologist. You love chef, and I get it. <laughs> I do. I just, I, I don't want to. And, and it, it, sure, his game is kind of, um, I don't know. I guess it's wearing thin or whatever. But um, I loved him in the doctor's exam. <laughs> it was, like, very heavily produced. It was funny. And um, <laughs> how many drinks do you have a night? Like, seven? Do shots eight, count? Nine? I mean, do the shots count? Um, but... I mean, truly, we've all been there. We're all in our mid-30s. We all have the, you know, you all go to the doctor at some point, and you're like, ooh, oh, the cholesterol's that high. Wow, really? Like, you know, we've all we've all had a moment, you know, at the doctor at this point where you're like, wow, I guess I got to start thinking about, like, my life and my health. Correct. So, kind of relatable. <laughs> oh, we've all had that moment. Um, yeah. Especially because... He kind of did what we all do when we fill out that piece of paper at the doctors at least once in our life where it's like, how many drinks do you have? And you go under by like two or three a night or whatever. And it's <laughs> yeah. still, it still means you're an functioning alcoholic. Still bad. Yeah. Totally bad. That's an issue. Um, <laughs> now, that was a real moment that a lot of people who partied in their 20s for sure could see. Um, yeah. Yes. All right. And then Craig, and by the way, but before we get into his house flipping ideas, in one episode, and I can see why Naomi's sick of him, he says he's a rom-com guy who's cooking dinner, loves sewing, wants to start a clothing line, be a landlord, and study for the bar. I mean, what part of him is real? Are we... I mean, again, you're not interested in it, but, like, what the yeah. F, man? Why are he, we even watching this guy anymore? Yeah, he's... Um, he's got no money. He's got no brains. Barely any charm. And Super good looking. Called, show's called Southern Charm, so that's 
stuff. Um, he is, and his like bouncing all over from idea to idea reminded me a lot of season two, Craig, if you know what I mean. Ew. I am. Now, clearly, he's not like in those scenes. That's not what's well, happening. Def- yeah. But I not- just feel like. Yeah. What's happening here? He seems to not be partying like he was in season two, but he definitely seems to have that cantankerous know-it-all spirit that one has when they are dabbling in things that he allegedly was dabbling in during season two. Yeah, and he's very, like, all over the place and jittery. So it could be indicative of another something else, some some other type of... We'll talk about that one offline because I've lost you, but I know it's probably pretty fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um... All right, let me ask you this off off topic. How do you feel about Below Deck Caribbean? Uh, is it essentially deadliest catch for rich people slash? Oh, Below Deck Mediterranean. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Dan and I love the Below Decks. We're big. Okay, fans. you're on it. You're on it. Okay. Yeah, we watched the original, and I really like the um, I like the Mediterranean one, and they they always have like a couple of people who are crossover characters in like every season. So there might be like one one or two people from the previous season that are on it, but then there's always like kind of a rotating crew of people, so it's always kind of different and new. And I don't know why I care about what happens below deck, but I do. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> All right, episode six I barely watched, but we get more fighting with Naomi and Craig. Uh, yep. Patricia had Whitney and Whitney. Patricia and Whitney had landed and Tom's over for dinner. Which I want your take on. And then Shep does yoga. That's kind of my three takeaways from that episode. Um, Do you have any hot takes on dinner party? Dinner party. um, Let's see. I don't know. It was just uh, very... I mean, no real bombs were dropped, certainly. No, I don't know. I know. I'm like looking through my notes like what happened i don't know nothing really yeah okay I, 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 patricia and whitney try to set up thomas and landon like literally like i think they thought it was going to be like a great moment okay and it wasn't it, it really just kind of wasn't it was kind of a flop i have one it's from an episode before that i think i think episode five what did you make of when thomas and landon went to dinner outside and they were having like what for them is like real talk yes were you are you buying that there's a connection there, and that the biggest issue is the fact that he's got two kids with Catherine, <laughs> or do you think that she's just doing it for the show? I think that they could. I, do I think there's any real feelings there? No. Do I think that they are um, that they could easily fall into like a marriage of convenience because I think he wants like a wife who can, you know, be this Present. like. Uh, yeah, exactly. <coughs> but. And I think she would be happy to be in a marriage of convenience. I don't think she's looking for any great love. I think she's looking for... Well, especially in marriage uh, number two, you know, or whatever. Yeah, she's looking to be taken care of. Um, And so I think they could easily fall into a marriage of convenience, but I think she doesn't want to because she knows that he comes with the Catherine baggage. Which is a ton of baggage. That's so much baggage, yeah. Like, it's an S-ton of baggage. Um, Yeah. All right, episode seven, we'll get you out of here soon, Dara. I know it's past your bedtime and pretty much past my own. All right. Catherine goes to J.D. and Elizabeth's house. I didn't realize that J.D. had three little ninos, but that's good. Um, (laughs) Apparently, Thomas had texted Catherine about something, and she wanted to go talk to J.D. and Elizabeth, try to, like, adult a little bit, if you will. Um, 
when JD is your voice of reason in my notes, you are in a volatile place in your life. Um, oh my God, Gavin, I wrote, JD is the voice of reason, we're in trouble. <laughs> I wrote. All right, enough, <laughs> enough said, but the good news is, this was the entree into getting some more JD in our lives for this, this season. I gotta tell you, after this season, where most of them are totally unlikable, I was like, JD, buddy, I was into it. Like seeing a, like a long lost friend after a, yeah. you know, after a, a night on the town and giving you a ride home. I mean, it's good, it's good to see you, JD. Yes. Good to see you. And actually, I feel better and better about him chastising Craig for wanting to run the bourbon division because Craig is so delusional and... and J.D. wasn't mean. I still don't know why J.D. hired that kid to try to serve us beers and, and drinks last year in Charleston, because that kid was a crap bartender. But overall, you know, besides my one experience in one of J.D.'s businesses, he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't there. Not his fault. All right. So another note I have. Um, Craig and Naomi spat is really starting to unravel. We talked about this earlier, but it, I think it's real. I do too, and it makes me so sad. But I just think that it's he, like she was. She came in and was like, "Look, nobody wants to have this conversation on camera, right?" Like, but I'm sure that it's like, "Look, we left off in the last episode, and you guys were fighting at the Sip and See, which is so southern." Sip and See. I never heard of a Sip and See, and I live in the South. (laughs) Yeah. I'm gonna get a dog and have a Sip and See. That sounds. (laughs) I think you should. (laughs) I'll come. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that they were like, all right, you, this is where we left off, and this is where... We got to pick it back up. We need you to pick up. And so, like, she comes in, and he's, like, not looking at her and sewing. Like, he's like a child. And, like, looks so emasculating doing his, like, monograms on the... I love when he does the cat monogram, and she's like, it kind of looks like a cat. Ooh, boy. And the machine did it for him. So burn the company too. Um, man, she's she's right, but she's she's very direct. Um, all right. Yeah. What about the quail hunt? Okay. First of all, my only hot take is. Let me find it. It's about Austin. Hold on a second. Basically, I just don't like him. I think his tongue is too big for his mouth. Cindy agrees. Um, <laughs> She actually came up with that saying, but she was right on. Um, and I just don't, I just don't, he doesn't do it for me. I just don't like him. And it's. Okay. That's okay. And then, so where are you on the romance? Where are you on him being a great quail hunter off the bat? Um, what did you make of the quail hunt? Any hot takes the quail hunt? Um, first of all, I want to go to there. To Dorchester. <laughs> Dorchester looks a lot different. Can we book a trip there? That looks amazing. I want to. I don't want to really quail hunt or fish or do any of that stuff. But those little houses and like the dinners and those. Oh, you could do so much down. like just good times, fun down there. Oh my gosh, that looked amazing. Um, and I also found it interesting that Thomas was only allowed to come to the dinner because. He can't be around guns. So this brought up, like, a whole conversation where I was like, oh, my God. Like, I forget when you're – so when you're a felon, you can't vote and you can't be around guns. What are some other random things that felons can't do? I have to, like, think about this. Yeah, the crack research team will have to get on that because off the top of my head, I'm not sure. But definitely vote. Definitely own a gun. Um, 
In some cases, you can't even leave the state you're in. I mean, I guess he can because I think that was in Georgia, and he's traveled before, and he's probably got some dispensations. But in some cases, you can't even leave certain municipalities. Um, right. For sure. So anyway, we'll crack research team will look into that. But yeah, Thomas has to just so come bizarre. has to come for the yeah. non-gun part. Um, also, okay, so you don't like um, Austin. I like. I kind of like Austin and Chelsea together. Yeah, I don't know. I have a problem with the couple's fine. I kind of, I, I don't necessarily, I don't really feel any sort of way about him particularly, but like, I kind of like them together and I like their vibe together. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I, his, can, his, his confessionals are, are, are what I don't enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually really, I enjoy her. She doesn't really do that many confessionals. Um, yeah, she doesn't. But I, I enjoy, she seems to forget the camera is there, and I actually believe that I'm watching people living their life versus a contrived scene. Right, So right. I'm going to give her props for that. Right. Uh, I don't mind him as a couple. I just don't like his confessionals. He just, something bought his face. Just <laughs> right in the kisser. Um, and he's from Charlotte, so I'm probably going to see him at Selwyn Avenue Pub, and it's going to get weird. Um, okay. What do we make about Naomi rolling in late to the quail hunt? Not, not a good um, sign. Well, uh, well, she was at know. her very strenuous grad school. By the way, again, everybody I know who went to grad school spends 80% of the time drinking and planning a spring break, break trip. She's the hardest working grad school student of all time. I know. I was going to say, when she came into that conversation with Craig, she was like... He's like, how was your day? Long, hard. And she's like, oh, long. I'm exhausted. And they're like, Naomi, would you have two classes today, Max? Like, I mean, so, you know, she's she's got a lot going on. I, she's my favorite character, but still, I got to call her out. Absolutely. Her out. All right, let me, give, let me give props to two things in the show, the deviled eggs and the shrimp cocktail at the Dorchester. I mean, you know they're two of my favorite appetizers on the planet. Could live I off them like, if I had to. I want to go there just to eat those apps. I literally wrote, the apps look awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's what, actually, I got texted by Cindy. She's like, look at those apps. <laughs> and, I had all, and I had already written, the deviled eggs at Dorchester look great in my notes. <laughs> so that's a, try, that's a three for three, Dorchester. Good job in the deviled eggs. <laughs> People don't forget. Um, I just want to call out my favorite thing about this whole season. Two things, actually, towards the end of the show. One, Shep gets back on the wagon. Um, he didn't drink for five days, but he's got a wandering enzyme, which I've never heard of before, and that is definitely fake band name of the week material, wandering enzyme. <laughs> and the final thing that I have is, so, uh, sorry, the after party at the Dorchester is getting wild, and obviously uh, Chelsea and Austin are just kind of ready to go to back to their love nest. And Whitney yells, hey, Austin, don't blank too fast, which <laughs> this, like, elite aristocrat is so crass and cutting sometimes. And he just, now that his face has settled, he, I think he's my favorite, favorite guy on the show. <laughs> and he doesn't have too much, like, he only comes in for, like, hey, I'm a good Tim Charlie, and I just come in for a... You know, move the storyline along. He is an actual producer. Yes. So he's, yeah. So he just comes in for, he can put himself in a nice light. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I thought it was great. Uh, any other hot takes, questions, or thoughts on the existing shows? 
Um, no, my favorite quote of the last episode was, uh, it's nicely lit. <laughs> and Chef goes, you mean me? <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> that was a good line. That was great. <laughs> All right, and now let's face the facts. We're at episode seven. There's like three left, and then there's reunion shows. I don't know that we're going to be on before the reunion shows. So what do we predict for fireworks? Do you have anything uh, in the next three episodes or so that you think are going to go down, whether you know it, whether you've read it, whether you just suppose it? Well, I know that they go to Key West for Cameron's birthday. Ooh. So and, and Catherine goes on that trip. So I think at a certain point, the producers say, enough of this filming with the one-on-one BS. We're going to need a group trip out of all of you. And everyone's going. So, and it looks like, oh, did you see in that upcoming scene? No, where, where um, Chelsea says to Landon, like, well, I mean, you know, she has a couple kids with the guy. And so I could understand if she thought that you guys were seeing each other. And she's like, oh, and she starts coming at Chelsea. Nice. Landon does. Right, I get it. I get it. puts Landon down in my list. Um, I, I just, I think it's going to get, I think we're going to have a nice little Key West trip. Key West is, as, as you know, like an amazing place and great backdrop for this crew. I'm not so. going to lie. I've been to Key West, I think four times, if, unless I'm forgetting a time. Let's go with four. One year I went for about a week with a bunch of 30 and 40 somethings in a giant house with like eight bedrooms over New Year's. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing we're going to get a taste of that, but with famous people on camera. And I'm guessing it's going to be very embarrassing for them because what I remember about the nights on that trip for me a couple years ago was Key West just gets people into compromising situations. It sure does. And that's that's okay. That's why Key West exists. But, you know, if they're bringing Catherine to a house party full of fun and cocktail dreams, I I think we're going to have fireworks. And I think the reunion show could be a three-parter. I'm going on a limb. That's my prediction. Three power reunion show, Dara. Three power reunion show. <laughs> we can only hope. We can, we can only, only hope. hope. Shout out to your boy, Andy Cohen, for making it all happen. Shout out to you for staying up late. Let me find my outro music. Thanks for going live tonight, Dara. We really appreciate it. Um, do you think we can talk Dan O'Brien into doing a Mediterranean uh, below deck special with me? I'd love to hear his takes on that. <laughs> I can ask, certainly. See if you can get him to do agree to it because, you know, people haven't heard from him in a while because Game of Thrones is like a half a season this year and they've delayed it like six months. So we miss him. All right, filmusterfreestyle.com. Check it out. Dara, thanks for being on. Hold on for one second while I play the outro. Everybody, thanks for listening. Share with your friends. Whispering Aileen's, we love you. Love us back. It's the beauty of these live endings, Dara. We have to actually sit here awkwardly while the song plays. But I'm narrating that awkwardness now, so you're welcome, viewers and listeners.